Hello there. Hope you're doing good. Happy Sunday. It is good to be with you. It's a smoky one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, last week, that beautiful lightning storm uh, turned into quite the uh, catastrophe here in uh, Northern California with so many fires burning. And, um, you know, our hearts are and prayers are with all those who have been impacted by uh, the fires evacuated and uh, some have lost homes. Some of us have friends and family uh, that have been impacted. And so uh, we are praying and are thinking of you and those folks who are impacted. And, and by the way, if you'd like to support or give in any way, um, one of the ways that you can do that is to give towards Foursquare Disaster Relief. Uh, you can go on the website, Foursquare Disaster Relief, and there is actually a place where you can um, click on uh, wildfires, and uh, that will direct funds that way. Um, or if you'd like to uh, give a, a gift certificate um, towards uh, maybe one of the main box stores, Target or uh, Walmart or um, uh, I don't think Home Depot would be a good idea, but, you know, long CVS, things like that. Um, you can go ahead and send that to 201 Eucalyptus, and um, we can uh, forward that on to some of the uh, Foursquare churches in that area that are supporting people. So that's a way that we can uh, support those in our community. Um, and also, if you uh, would like to give a check towards Foursquare Disaster Relief, you can also drop that in the mail to 201 Eucalyptus, and we'll just forward it on for you. Okay, well, we are uh, continuing our series, or actually wrapping up our series called My Place in This World. And, um, you know, as we've been in these times, perhaps you have thought, man, what a wild world we live in. Or maybe you even said, uh, man, what a mad world this is, or man, our world has just gone crazy. Have you thought any of those thoughts? I know I have. And, um, but you know what? It's really not of any value or of any help if we just kind of sit back and, and criticize or throw stones, so to speak. Uh, so what do we do? What do we do in times like these when our world seems to uh, have lost its way, or at least maybe we feel like we're disconnected with, with what's happening around us? And the answer is, is that we have to find our place in this world. God has not forgotten about us. God still has a purpose in mind for us. He still has a plan in mind for us. And even as things begin to change, sometimes we get sort of this uh, feeling of disruption or a feeling of, of being lost for a moment. And so we have to find our way uh, uh, back to him and uh, back in his, his path and, uh, and being led by his guidance so that we can truly uh, find our place and that we can get back to uh, fulfilling our purpose in our God-given assignment. And so we've talked about how it's important for us to learn to adapt when what happens when our world changes. Well, sometimes we have to make some adaptations. We have to be flexible in our heart, not be so rigid, but we have to be open to uh, making some, some course corrections and some changes. If uh, uh, God's going to the right, uh, we've got to go to the right. If God's going to the left, we've got to go to the left. And so sometimes that happens on our journey and our path. It takes sudden twists and turns. And we also talked about not being deceived. You know, there's a lot of different ideologies and philosophies and people that are, are, are groups that are willing to convince us uh, of their ideas and to, to, to get on their sort of bandwagon, so to speak. Uh, but we have to, uh, to, to realize that those deceptions are out there and that uh, those uh, ideologies are out there. And we have to uh, be careful to not be deceived. How do we do that? Well, we, we uh, understand there's counterfeits, and we have to know that God's word is truth, and to, to be into God's word so we uh, can uh, decipher what's truth and what's false. And we also have to commit to praying anyway. 
even though we don't have uh, what we used to have as far as our gatherings or, or, or church uh, worship gatherings, uh, we still need to stay committed to prayer. And we need to stay committed to our spiritual disciplines. What are those? Prayer, reading the Bible, meditation uh, on God's Word, uh, spending time uh, in His presence. Uh, uh, it could be fasting. It could be uh, taking communion, uh, tithing, um, and all these different things that uh, help us to kind of keep our, our commitment and our, our focus uh, on the Lord and so that we don't sort of find ourselves sort of uh, waffling or wandering in times like these. And we talked about Daniel and he had a commitment to pray daily three times, even though he had been pulled from his home and his community, from the temple. He was in Babylonian, uh, um, uh, uh, the Babylonian Empire and the household of Babylonians. And so, but he stayed true to God by remaining in prayer three times a day. And so we have to have that commitment to spiritual disciplines. And then lastly, I wanted to talk about the importance of remaining connected, remaining connected in relationships and our God-given relationships, people around us, not just our relationship with God, but in community with people. How, how, do, we, how do we do that in these types of times? Well, we're going to talk about that. Um, but my encouragement to each one of us today, even though we've been hearing sort of this rhetoric, you know, self-isolate, self-isolate, self-isolate. My encouragement is to do the opposite, to not do this season alone. Don't do life alone, but especially in this type of season where we've kind of had to sort of pull out of some of our community activities and our engagements, uh, can't, can't gather on Sunday mornings. It's important that we're reminded to not do this season alone. You know, and, and what I mean is not just to kind of find a, a crowd of people to rub shoulders with. That's not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is important for us to continue to find a way to gather with the saints, to gather with people who are on the same path that we are following Christ. So how we do that? What do we got to do? What's God saying to us? First thing is this. We have to be reminded and remember that connection is crucial. Connection is crucial, not just for the sake of the church, but for us individually. Hebrews 10, 23, 25 says this, let us Hold unswervingly to the hope we profess. Not given up, not swerving to the right or to the left, but let's hold on. Let's hold on uh, unswervingly to the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. Isn't it true? God is faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds. You like that term, that word, spur? Like we need to sometimes poke each other a little bit, remind each other, kind of kick each other into gear a little bit towards love and good deeds. And check this out. Not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. Some find it, uh, they find this habit to to get back, fall into old ways, old ways of of behavior and thinking and they uh, disconnect from the body, disconnect from gathering, disconnect from community. But instead, we need to encourage one another and all the more as you see the day approaching pretty powerful. But some of us think, well, how we've done that in the past uh, feels like we can't really do that. It feels like, well, you know, because the substance of church is when we go to church on Sunday morning and we, you know, we worship and we listen to the message and we have some community afterward. But let me tell you this, that's not the substance of church. That's kind of the, the structure that's the, 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 what we've uh, created, the, the, the form of it. It's kind of the, the what of church. But the why of church is this. The substance of church is really this, keeping our hope. 
spurring each other on towards love and good deeds, finding a way to, to connect, to, to meet, to, to make meaningful connection, and to continue to encourage one another. That's the substance of church, the community, the gathering. And there's much more, of course, to that, but this is a really a powerful uh, reminder that the substance of church isn't the facility. It's not even the structure or the program of, of what we do and how we do it. But it's really the substance. It's, it's the commitment of who we are and the importance of, of encouraging and spurring one another on uh, towards the promises of God and to, to, to uh, respond to God in, a, in obedience, to encourage one another to, for love and good deeds. Like That's really the, the, the substance and the why behind what we do, the church. So, uh, you know, I, as I was reading this, I was trying to see if I could figure out, you know, during this, this book of Hebrews, uh, what happened? Was, was there something external that happened that caused people to, to quit gathering? And I couldn't find anything really external. I couldn't. You know, maybe if you know of something, feel free to send it my way. But at least for this conversation, I, I couldn't find this thing that happened that caused people to, to pull back and, and pull away. You know, so what caused, what was it? You know, if there's nothing really uh, external and, and we talked about this last week, that uh, nothing external can separate us from God's love. Nothing, nothing. Then it must have been an internal disconnect. Maybe there was something that kind of happened that sort of triggered something on the inside. So in this time that this was written, you know, as I was looking through a commentary, it said that, well, people struggled with discouragement. Some people, they, they struggled with some discipline. They started to get lazy. For some people, they, they had excuses. Some of them, they, they struggled with shame and embarrassment. And some, it was simply they began to backslide in their faith and their walk with God. You know, the, the reasons that people began to uh, fall out of the habit of gathering or to, to, to quit staying connected in relationship and being a part of the body uh, is nothing uh, different than what we deal with today. The same things we, we, we deal with today. We deal with people that will something uh, something kind of tweaks, something goes a little off in their heart, something they don't like it, and it, and it causes them to to kind of to, to pull away and to, to disconnect. But you know what? I've learned this over my years of being involved with church. The gathering and connecting is essential. It's so important. It's crucial. You know, for me, I have been uh, going to the church for. Uh, many years. I, I don't know. I think I've been in ministry probably for 25 years since I was a youth. I was a student leader. And, uh, and, I, and I've heard a lot of reasons for people to leave the church. And, and some are good reasons. You know, I probably even considered a couple myself. But I, for myself, have chose to hang in there. Hang in there during those difficult times. And I've encouraged other people, hang in there. To not allow your heart uh, to, to kind of go a little bit off, to, to tweak out a little bit. Because what will happen is it will cause you to, to break off and disconnect from the body of Christ and the family of God. But we can't do that. It's so important for us to just hang in there and stay connected. And I want to re- remind us of this. You know, uh, the gathering we're talking about, connecting and being with people, does not replace the spiritual disciplines that we talked about. But instead, it's supposed to be a part of it, interwoven throughout our week with the, the habits that we're creating between us and God and also the, the, the connections that we're establishing with us and others in, 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 in God's name. So even though last week we did talk about spiritual disciplines and, 
and needing to, to make time for prayer and to, to, to make these, these habits, doing our devotions, worship, praying, scripture memorization. You know, gathering with Christians is also not to replace, but just as essential for our life and our faith with God. You know, I was thinking about, you know, Daniel, he, he had that commitment of uh, getting in God's presence and praying three times every day. But you know what's something that was also important, important part of his life and his faith was his friends. Yeah, his friends were important. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know, I wonder what his life, Daniel's life, would have been like, how his commitment would have uh, either stayed true or faltered, depending if his friends weren't there. But I believe that his friends were there to help they were all there to help each other, to, to stay accountable, stay focused, to stay connected. It was kind of like they were a tightly knit group. They, they had uh, developed a bond uh, between, another, uh, between each other. So, Mike, the question is, is, is well, what does this verse then mean during times like Daniel's and times like ours? You know, what does it look like? Because, you know, typically we'd said, you know, uh, do not forsake the, the gatherings. We've been pointing to Sunday morning gatherings. We've been pointing to uh, some worship services or Bible studies or, or, or prayer times. And so we keep asking ourselves, well, well, what does it look like? Well, I just want to tell you this, that we can't uh, mistake the, the, the structure for the substance. The substance can still be there no matter what the structure looks like, but we're still trying to work that out, trying, still trying to figure out our church, other churches, what is the structure going to look like? But we have to stay true uh, in the substance, and that is finding a way to stay connected, staying uh, true in our disciplines with God and stay, finding ways to stay connected with each other. And so we're still, yeah, like we said, still trying to, to figure out. But we have to realize that that scripture isn't removed for us in times like these, to not forsake gathering. That still is true. And, and the reason it is true is because we are meant for community. We're designed that way. We're designed uh, to, to not do this life alone. You know, this uh, individuality that a lot of us see in our, ourselves sort of take on, sort of uh, doing my thing or my career path or my, you know, this, my, this, you know, we're kind of uh, uh, in that place. You know, God has not called us to a life of individuality or uh, a life and, and uh, faith that's by ourselves, but instead it's, it's designed for community. It's, so that's why it's so important for us to realize that God has created us and designed us to be a part of the body, to play a role in the body of Christ. And uh, that's why connection is so crucial. The church needs it, the body needs it, and you need it too. Why? Because number two, it, we have to be reminded this, is that it is not good to be alone. It's not good for you to be alone. Genesis 2.18 says this, the Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper suitable for him. You know, it's amazing. God made all these beautiful things and called them good. You know, uh, and, and he made, you know, the, the, the fish of the sea and he made the birds of the air and the trees and he made land and sea. He made, he made all these things, the stars. And then he made man. And then he said, you know, and, uh, and then after, you know, God had, had rested, he, he went and he, he looked and he said, man, it's not good for man to be alone. And even though man had all the, the animals and, 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 and nature around him and he had a relationship with God, he said I, he needs a, a human connection. He needs companionship. He needs a good friend. And so he created woman. And, uh, you know, I, 
uh, think that the reason that he created woman uh, last is because you always save the best for last, you know. And so, um, you know, I think that was uh, God's God's best design was the was woman. He took a whole week to create the whole world, and he took the next week to create woman. So, no, I don't know if it took a, a week, but anyway, you get you get what I'm saying. That God created something beautiful and wonderful, and it was a helper. Uh, to man, but it was for the purpose of a companionship, connection. Basically, saying that God created man with a need outside of his relationship with God, that he needed to have uh, a community, he needed to be uh, with somebody. And that's the same is true for us. We need con- connection, we need uh, companionship, we need relationship, we need friendship. You know, a few weeks ago, I had uh, interviewed my friend, Craig Norita, and I was talking to him about some of the economic implications of what we're going through during these times. And it's interesting how he, he, he kind of went back and pointed out what was most important. And he felt that the, the way that we can get through, we need to get through these challenging times, even from like the economic implications, is to not do this season alone. Yeah, whatever thing we go through, whatever external, outside, he said, talked about it being potentially being a harsh winter, going through some difficult things. He said, you just need to realize there's a storm and how you need to weather this, this storm is to, to weather it with other people. So to choose to do this season in community with people around us. And, and of course, we're going, all of us are being impacted in some way, shape or form, you know, COVID and job loss and the economy, and there's been rioting and we're now in the fire season. We're coming up on the, a very dicey election uh, season. Um, the flu season is around the corner. All these different things are going to impact us, impact the world around us. But for our own mental and spiritual health, the way that we just kind of stay the course and stay healthy during this time, uh, we're actually, our mental and spiritual health is protected in relationships. And so we have to uh, be like a gazelle. What do do I mean by that? Well, Proverbs 6 says that we need to deliver yourself like a gazelle from the hunter. What do I mean by that? Well, if you've ever watched nature channels, I I love watching nature channels. Um, And one of my favorites is watching like these great escapes. You know, like there's like a a hunter chasing another animal. And uh, one of the ones that always sticks in my mind is... You know, the, the, the lions that are chasing the gazelles as they're kind of going through. And, and so anyway, what will happen is these hunters, you know, they're, they're trying to uh, uh, get these herd of gazelles. But as long as the gazelles are running together, it's like the lions can't get to them. It's like a parade. They can't get to them. It's like it's, it's too fast. It's too powerful. It's too strong. They're kind of connected. And so the goal of these or the strategy of these lions is to try to get one to get separated from the pack. You know, if they can get one off and separated from the pack, then they'll kind of, then that's the one that they'll, they'll team up on it and, and go for. But as long as they can't get one off, then, then they, it's like the hunters go hungry. You know, the same is true when it comes to the enemy. That's how he works. He tries to kind of uh, uh, get us, get one of us off the, the pack, away from the community, away from the, our, 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 our family. And then that's where the hunter kind of uh, intends to, to devour us. So that's the same uh, strategy, the same trick, you know. But, it, you know, the cool thing is about the gazelles is you can't just sort of sluggishly move in through community. It says uh, in, in Proverbs 6, you have to deliver yourself, meaning you have to, like, not only be with the others, but you have to get moving. You have to get moving because there is a hunter out there. There is an enemy out there. And um, 
But how the devil uh, works is he doesn't necessarily like attack us physically like a lion would attack a gazelle and uh, eat us. You know, that's not really what I'm talking about. What does he do? Well, the devil is a headhunter. What does he do? He likes to get us by ourselves, away from community, and then he likes to plant seeds of deception in our minds. He's a headhunter. Yeah, he wants to get us by ourselves. He wants to get into our head. And that's how the hunter works, through this trickery and deception. And what he does is he uses offenses. He uses relational challenges. He uses uh, you know, maybe things that we read or watch, articles and things like that that cause anger. And what it does is it, it plants these seeds of, of hurt and offense and eventually leads towards uh, deceptive thinking. That's how the enemy works. And so our minds are often are like gardens. Now, I hate to jump from one illustration to the next, but it's, it's important for us to realize that our minds are like gardens, and what, uh, what we plant in our minds is what will come forth. Now, whether we plant f- uh, things like flowers and, and, and beautiful plants, or, or, or if there's weeds and thistles and thorns, whatever is planted will, will eventually blossom, bloom, whatever's rooted there. And so it's important for us to actually do the work with God to cultivate. If you ever have had a garden, uh, it's important to constantly do the work of cultivating the soil, planting uh, flowers, planting the things that you you desire there, that you want there, and then also to extract the things that you don't. So it's important for us to realize that's how the enemy works. He likes to pull us off course, and he likes to put these uh, seeds of deception in our minds. But we have, to, we have, we have to, to resist that temptation to go off by ourselves. We have to remain in community and actively be working out some of the things that uh, the enemy tries to plant in our heads. And friends help us to do that. Like, hey, what are you thinking? Why oh, you got this fence? You got this hurt? Hey, let's work on that. Let's work through that together. You know, I've met people who have left the church. You know, you know they, they've been in church for a while, and, they've, and I've asked them, "Oh, are you? I used to go to church. Now, what are you doing?" And they'll say, "Oh, no, I kind of, I kind of do my own thing." I'm like, "Oh, what do you mean your own thing?" Oh, you know what I do is I just go to the beach by myself, you know, on Sundays. And I'm like, okay, you know, and they'll meet somebody else. Oh, I just decide I, I go on nature hikes, just me and by myself, you know. And I've noticed that although that kind of has almost a spiritual ring to it, it almost seems like, oh, I've kind of, you know, I don't need church anymore. I kind of like do my own thing. Like I've kind of graduated. Um, You know, I've come to realize that people that kind of go off and they leave the community, leave uh, the body of Christ to go off, kind of do their own thing, what ends up happening is they start to, to develop some very interesting ideas, it's, they, they develop some really uh, odd spiritual philosophies. It's kind of like they add their own interpretations to things. You know, and as I listen to them, listen, it's like, oh, I can see some of where God was working. I can see some of God's words from the Bible, but I can see something else going on as well. And they kind of develop into kind of this, having this, this weird philosophy, taking God's truth and sort of mixing it with some other things. You know, it's, it's kind of, if you think about this, what happens to um uh, unattended uh, gardens. Yeah, you may have had some flowers there. You may have had some good plants there. But then eventually some weeds come up and you kind of have this mixed bag of both flowers and plants, good things, as well as some weeds and thorns and thistles. And you know what eventually happens, right? Well, the weeds and the thorns and the thistles always went out. And so we can't, we can't let that happen. We have to realize it's important for us to, even though it can be challenging sometimes, to stay in there, stay the course, to, to be uh, with people. We have to realize by ourselves uh, leads us down an unhealthy path. 
that, that it's where the enemy wants to, to pull us away, to, to, to plant seeds of, of deception and, and to, to distract us. And so we have to commit to doing this life with others and to not do it alone, not forsaking the church. It's no bueno. It's no good. No good to be alone. And then the third thing is this. God is with us in our gatherings. It's such a powerful promise that when we commit to being with others in the name of, in God's name, uh, he promises to be with us, to provide his presence and to do his work. Matthew 18, 20 says this, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I among them. You know, getting together in God's name means that we can experience him. We can, we can experience his presence. We can experience his presence in what he's doing in and through the life of other people around us. It's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing environment that we create when we decide to, to gather in community with others and, and do it in the name of God. Now, I'm not saying that God isn't with us when we are alone. I'm not saying that at all. But this scripture does tell us to not just do our one-on-one time with God, but tells us to come together in his name. So when we connect with others, uh, when we get together with others, we invite his presence, God promises to show up, and I believe and trust that he plans to do something. He's not there just to kind of hang out, to kind of like oversee or overhear our uh, conversation, but I believe that he's there to do something, to, to do a work in our heart, bring some transformation, bring some healing, bring some correction, bring some insight, uh, give us wisdom. There are, we have to remember this, there are strength in numbers. Now, I know what you're thinking. You got that from the warriors. No, the warriors got that from the Bible. Yeah, there's power in numbers. Ecclesiastes 4.12 says this, Though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. But a cord of three strands is not, equal, uh, is not quickly broken. What this is saying is this. Individuality is weak. A life by yourself alone is weak. It's vulnerable. You are more vulnerable when you are by yourself. But you find strength when you are committed and doing life with others. So practically for our church, you know, what does this mean? What does this mean practically for our church? And, you know, for us, you know, right now we're not able to gather uh, on Sunday mornings in our, our, our building, our, our the chapel. Um, you know, that's kind of where just things are at. Um, uh, but it, but the, the, the location and, and what we did on Sunday mornings prior to, to COVID cannot fully define us and define the church. It certainly doesn't. And so really, it's, it's te- this time is testing us to see how we're going to adapt, how we're going to change, how we are going to, going to still be the church despite not being able to gather on Sunday mornings the way we did before. Because I still believe that we can keep our hope. I still believe we can spur each other on to love and good deeds. And I believe that we can still meet. We can still connect. We can still gather. We don't want to fall into a bad habit like some will do. But we want to continue to encourage each other. So my question is for you is what will church look like for you? Let's uh, get, uh, just sort of you know say uh, kind of a, a scenario that uh, maybe we can't gather on Sunday mornings for quite some time, a few months, six months, a year. I don't know. I sure hope it's not that long. But let's just say, then what will church look like for you? Will you end up putting your spiritual life on hold? 
If you put your spiritual life on hold that long, can you imagine some of the decisions that you might make during that time that uh, that could be end up being a poor decisions, not thought through, not spiritually led decisions? You know, since we were in this shelter in place, you know, we've been doing some things to uh, make sure that people are resourced and have ways to to connect and making sure that people have uh, what they need as far as uh, being inspired and encouraged and, and supported in their walk with God and in keeping with their spiritual disciplines. And so we have uh, continued to post our sermons every Sunday um, online, whether it be our website or the email or uh, social media. And we've been um, encouraging people to make time to have church from home, to connect with people that they are with or living with. And we've had our Wednesday uh, 2 p.m. devotionals every single Wednesday. We've had our Friday uh, noon prayer call. We've also had our Sunday morning Zoom call for the kids. Um, And we thought that church facilities would reopen uh, this summer. And we're anticipating that. We're talking about it, getting preparing for it. But it would be more like a social distancing type of church service. But we're gearing up for it. Uh, but then it didn't happen. It has been postponed into the oblivion. There's nothing currently on the schedule as to when it will happen. We're just kind of waiting to to hear and to see. Um, so we tried out a few things in response. We had a couple of gatherings in a park, a couple of small gatherings. Um, you know, we had a, a Sunday morning a Zoom call um, and did some communion together. And then we had a Sunday evening Zoom call. Did some reflections after one of our series and. Uh, all those things went really well. They were fantastic. Uh, we also did a couple of outreaches uh, where we put together some hygiene packets in partnership with Simply the Basics. And um, we also uh, did some laundry gift bags for Laundry Love. And all those things were a huge blessing. So it was great for us to continue to find ways to be a light in our community in these times. But I believe that we continue. We need to continue to rally, and we need to continue to spur one another, another on. Remind people how important it is to be a part of, uh, of the gathering, part of uh, of our community, because it's important for us to stay true from our God-given assignment this year. If you remember at the beginning of this year, uh, we, I believe that God was speaking to our church, saying that we need to grow upward and go forward. So that's opposite of just kind of chilling and staying stagnant and plateauing. But we need to grow upward and go forward. And we need to continue to press through and persevere and find ways to do that. So we want to plan to continue to add some different ways and options for people to connect and get together. So we are planning to uh, start a, a Sunday morning park gathering uh, where we're going we're gonna to divide up into small little circles where we can have some uh, intentional guided conversation. So you can watch the message at home before you, you, you come and, uh, and uh, you can we'll have some time to, to you know, share how you're doing or prayer requests uh, as well as reflect on what God is uh, speaking to you personally. Uh, so this is just a great way to just not only see people, not be part of a crowd, but to, to, to have intentionality and really connect and, and really communicate and share what God is speaking to you and learn from others. So we're planning to do that in a couple of weeks. Uh, I believe the date that we're, we have currently scheduled is September 6th. And uh, we had tried out a park called Parkside Square, the St. Dan 27th, and it was great. So not too many people were there. Uh, it was, the weather was good. You can never, I mean, well, San Francisco weather is always San Francisco weather. But anyway, there's a bathroom that was open if you want to use that. So I feel like it's a really good uh, step for us uh, September 6th. So we'll be planning to uh, begin to have a gathering in the park. Um, and we'll give more information 
uh, pretty soon on all this. And then also, I know that some folks uh, are not ready together, not ready to be uh, in uh, physical uh, connection with other people for different reasons, and that's fine. That's okay. So we want to start um, provide a Sunday night Zoom gathering, 7 p.m., uh, where you can uh, get involved, and it'll be pretty much identical to what we're doing uh, in person at the park. Same type of structure, you know. Time to to share some uh, updates uh, as well as reflect on what God's speaking to you in a time for prayer. And it's really just a time for us to to stay uh, uh, connected, like a small group type of uh, focus. And I know even you know those two options may not work for some. I know that there's some uh, folks out there that. Um, would uh, uh, benefit from a little bit more uh, one-on-one support. Uh, and so uh, we're, we're looking to provide that as well to make uh, some one-on-one connections with those uh, if one of these options don't work and uh, or if you need some additional support from us. And we'll continue to have our children's ministry on Zoom on Sunday mornings. We'll continue to provide that. Uh, we'll continue to do what we can to support in spiritual disciplines. Uh, we've been talking about teaching some hymns that you can sing and be able to pull out some a worship song uh, uh, at any point in time. We'll continue to have our life group on at 2 p.m. on Wednesdays, and hopefully we'll have more. These are great times to doing devotions and to share our devotions, and so I hope to to have more of those uh, uh, coming up soon. Um, and then we'll continue to have our prayer, our phone prayer on Fridays as well at 12 p.m. Um, and, uh, and of course, communion on Sundays, uh, how we'll, we're trying to figure out how we're going to do that in these different environments, but uh, we're going to stay committed to making sure that we can take communion together. So that's what church life is going to look like in a nutshell, uh, going into the month of September and probably October. It's kind of like a church a la carte, choose a way to stay connected, choose a way to get involved uh, and, and, and to, to be connected with other people in our church, in, our, in the life of our, our church. And so we will continue to take things in stride and be flexible uh, as things change, and we'll just continue to adapt and work through it. And we'll make sure that we're focused on the substance more than we are the structure. And uh, we're going to focus more uh, on, on the why rather than the what. I guess what I mean by that is just what I just said, focus on the substance Make sure that that's more important than the structure of how we're doing it. So we have to remember this, folks, is that the habits that people were falling into 2,000 years ago, stopping, uh, gathering, disconnecting from the body, are the same things that people are struggling with today. All of us can have the potential to struggle and to allow some type of heart thing to happen to cause us to disconnect. You know, as people were in the habit of doing this 2,000 years ago, people are in the habit of, of gathering today. And it almost seems like this COVID gave people sort of this opportunity to scatter. And it's not just, you know, in our, not just Bay Church, not just San Francisco, it's across the board. People all over the place are seeing uh, folks in church, COVID happened, and then the people are kind of have been disconnected or disconnecting. And so it's concerning to some of us, uh, pastors, and you know, just worry about where people are at. And it's unfortunate. But I don't believe that this is you. I don't believe that this is uh, what you're going to allow to happen, for you to allow COVID to the season to cause this heart thing, or maybe there was a heart thing that happened to, to allow it to cause you to disconnect. Uh, I don't want you to allow yourself to uh, choose to forsake uh, the meeting and the gathering. 
So my question again to you is, what will church look like for you in this time that we're in, in this season? Will you end up putting your spiritual life on hold? Because I believe that uh, it's time for us to reconnect, re-engage. And remember that old saying, I don't know how old it is, if there's a will, there's a way. And uh, as pastors, you know, we want to do what we can to make sure that we provide options and to provide a way. Uh, But you need to provide the will. You need to provide uh, the heart. You need to do that hard work and uh, do the work of taking the, the next step to engage, reconnect, and gather. And I know you will. I want to pray for you. God, I thank you for each person who's listening today. God, I uh, thank you for this verse and, and this reminder that uh, some fall into the habit of disconnecting and uh, disengaging from the body of Christ. And that's not your heart for us, Lord. God, you know that it's so important for us to have uh, spiritual uh, and mental health to be filled uh, with your, your presence and, and your goodness and your grace and your love. And you've called us to not live this life as individuals. You've, you've not called us to just be separate from everybody else. But our place in this world is in community. It's with each other, finding a way that we can be a contribution in the lives of others and others are provide a contribution into our life. So God, whatever it is that some of us may be struggling with that have uh, maybe we, we might be working through that has caused us to, to disengage or take a back seat. God, I pray that you do the hard work in each one of us to find a way, to choose a way uh, to engage and to get connected. Do that work in our hearts, in our lives, and do that work in our church and the big church, many other churches around. We encourage people to get back engaged in their church community in this time going forward. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. Stay safe out there. We'll see you soon. Sunday. It is good to be with you. It's a smoky one, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, last week, that beautiful lightning storm uh, turned into quite the uh, catastrophe here in uh, Northern California with so many fires burning. And, um, you know, our hearts are and prayers are with all those who have been impacted by uh, the fires evacuated and uh, some have lost homes. Some of us have friends and family uh, that have been impacted. And so, uh, we are praying and are thinking of you and those folks who are impacted. And, and by the way, if you'd like to uh, support or give in any way, um, one of the ways that you can do that is to give towards Foursquare Disaster Relief. Uh, you can go on the website, Foursquare Disaster Relief, and there is actually a place where you can uh, click on uh, wildfires, and uh, that will direct funds that way. Um, or if you'd like to uh, give a gift certificate, um, towards uh, maybe one of the main box stores, Target or uh, Walmart or um, uh, I don't think Home Depot would be a good idea, but, you know, long CVS, things like that. Um, You can go ahead and send that to 201 Eucalyptus, and um, we can uh, forward that on to some of the uh, Foursquare churches in that area that are supporting people. So that's a way that we can uh, support those in our community. and also, if you uh, would like to give a check towards Foursquare Disaster Relief, you can also drop that in the mail to 201 Eucalyptus, and we'll just forward it on for you. 
Okay, well, we are uh, continuing our series, or actually wrapping up our series called My Place in This World. And, um, you know, as we've been in 